0: Tonight, we're going to be looking at several chapters. I'm just going to pick one of them to read just to begin us out in Genesis chapter 15. Uh, We're going to look at verses 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus." And he believed the Lord. This is the second time it says this about Abraham. Listen. And he believed the Lord and it counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God and God put righteousness in his account. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you for uh, the life of Abraham. I thank you for your incredible promises, Lord. Uh, Father, it's hard for us to wait on them. God, it's hard for us to, to, uh, to know the good things that are coming and to have to wait for them. Lord, I pray that you would teach us what it means to wait upon you, uh, teach us what it means to seek you and to search for you and to hold on to you, uh, even through times of drought, through times of, of distance, through times of difficulty. Uh, Father, I pray that you would cultivate in us a spirit that trusts you, a spirit that, uh, that holds on to you. Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let me point out a couple things about God's character to you uh, as we begin tonight. First of all, Psalm 90, verse four. Psalm 90 verse 4 says this for a thousand years in your sight talking about God a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night second Peter chapter 3 verse 8 a very similar verse but do not overlook this one fact beloved that with the Lord one one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day okay now that those are attributes of God what the Bible is telling us is that a thousand years is like yesterday to God. You know, you, you don't even remember what you did yesterday, probably. You can't remember very much about yesterday. It just kind of went by so quickly that it was gone. Uh, that's the way a thousand years is for God. It's just like that. Uh, the Bible says it says a day unto God. A thousand years is a day, and a day is of a thousand years. That is an attribute of God. That is not an attribute of you and I, okay? That's not the way it is with us. We don't, We don't see time that way. We don't feel time that way. It doesn't happen for us that way. In fact, I would say if I could rewrite those for man, I would say the 30 seconds it takes to load a YouTube video is as a thousand years to us, okay? Or the three minutes that we have to wait in the fast food drive is like a lifetime in our sight. That That's more conducive to the way that we feel about things, isn't it? It's really hard for us to wait. Uh, a couple a couple weeks ago, maybe it was last week, no, two weeks ago probably, Andrew and I had left early in the morning. We're going to, going to Shawnee to a meeting and uh, we pulled in the The McDonald's drive-thru, it's about, I don't know, 6 o'clock in the morning or so. There's about three or four cars in line. And I just pull into the drive-thru and Andrew's like, ha, ha. He says, I never go through the drive-thru when it's like this. I always go in, you know, and immediately I have this, oh, we're going to be stuck here, you know, and so I throw it in reverse, and I begin to back up, but about that time, an oil field truck pulls in behind me and pins me in, you know, and here I, I kind of had this moment of, of reflection, thinking, I, I about wrecked the church van trying to save 45 seconds, you know, at 6 o'clock in the morning, you know, uh, but that's the way we are. We don't like to wait, do we? I mean, we quibble over, uh, something taking a minute longer than it ought to be. That's a big deal to us, you know, having to stand line, having to wait at the doctor's office, having to wait at the grocery store line. Those are big deals to us. We get grumpy over them. We we get testy. You know, sometimes we say things we shouldn't, all because we don't like to wait. It is very difficult for us to wait. And so it's interesting to me that as we look through the life of Abraham, I just want to take a slice of his life here and basically show you that for 25 years, basically what God did was he said, I'm going to make you wait, okay? Now that's just for the first promise. For the others, he had to wait even longer than that. But for 25 Years, God says, I'm just going to have you be waiting. In Genesis chapter 12, he makes these great, great promises to Abraham of offspring. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you the promised land. You're going to have the messianic line through you. You're going to be a blessing through you. All the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And then that very afternoon, what happens, right? Sarah has a son. The title company drops by, brings Abraham the deed to all the land from the Jordan Valley to the Mediterranean. Uh, the Messiah comes. Jesus enters the world. Isn't that right? Is that what happens? that afternoon? No, that's not what happened that afternoon. Okay. If you're with me, you know, that's true. You were going along with it. That's not what happened. Okay, What happened that afternoon? Well, what happened that afternoon is Abraham lost three sheep in the, in, in the valley and Sarah got a migraine, just thinking about packing up all their junk to move to this place that she didn't know. And she had to go to bed early. You know, when he caught one of his employees sleeping, you know, you know what happened that afternoon? Nothing. Okay. Just the ordinary junk of life is what happened that afternoon. So God makes these incredible promises to Abraham and that afternoon, nothing happens. That next day, nothing happens, but the ordinary, nothing, but the daily grind. Okay. The daily struggles of life, the daily problems of living, the, the, the daily disappointments and the daily relationship. That's all that happened. Okay. That next day, that's all that happened that next week. That's all that happened that next year. That's all that happened For many years for Abraham was simply that daily grind. All right. Now, in Genesis chapter 13, notice this. In verse 14, this is a year or two or so after the initial promises are made, the Lord does appear to Abraham again. And in verse 14, he says, The Lord says to Abraham, after a lot is separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if you can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. And so God renews the promise to Abraham. Okay, so he makes the promise again. What happens that afternoon? just the daily grind, okay, just the normal stuff of life, he probably got the stomach flu you know, and the whole family was down and they got the crud, you know, just the normal junk of life, it happened for, for years or so That that's the same thing, he rescues Lot, he has the battle with the kings um, Melchizedek appears, and then in Genesis 15, God shows up again, okay but he doesn't show up with a baby and he doesn't show up with land, he shows up again and in Genesis chapter 15 verse 5 he tells Abraham, and he brought him outside and said, look toward the heaven, and number the stars, if you're able to number them, then he said them so shall your offspring be and he believed the Lord and again it came was counted to him as righteousness so God appears to him again all right what happens after Genesis 15. The daily grind, all right? For maybe more years, maybe months. We're not sure how long until Genesis chapter 17. And God appears to him again. And in verse 1, he says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I am the God Almighty. Walk before me, be blameless, and I may make a covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God said, And behold, my covenant is with you. You shall be the father of a multitude of nations. And this is where he changes his name. So what happens in Genesis 17? Well, he didn't get a baby yet. He doesn't get a land yet. But God renews his promise and he, and he tells him, I'm, I'm going to change your name. Your name's no longer going to be father of a multitude. It's going to be father of nations or father of a multitude of multitudes. What happens after that? The daily grind. Then Genesis 18, verse 11. Okay, keep following me here. Genesis 18, verse 11. Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child? And now that I am old, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year. Oh, it's getting close now. Now he gives him a time frame. About next year, and Sarah shall have a son. I love this. verse fifteen. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for he was afraid. Uh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. I, I don't know that why that's funny to me. But, you know, it's like she's arguing with God. I didn't laugh. You know, you did laugh. No, I didn't. You know, uh, and that, that's kind of funny, isn't it? Uh, all right. 25 years. What's he do? He waits. Isn't that right? I mean, that's that's kind of one way you could sum all that up, couldn't you? For 25 years, he waits. My definition of waiting is you're ready but someone or something else isn't, okay? And that's a part of everyday life. You know, we wait in line. We wait in the waiting room. Isn't it interesting that we have rooms that are just designed specifically? They're engineered for waiting, okay? They, they help you to wait, okay? They have chairs, and they have magazines, and they have little books for your kids, and they have, they have toys that have all kinds of germs on them because of all the other little kids that have been in there waiting, okay? But they're they're, they're rooms where we all come together and we're there for the specific purpose of waiting, okay? We're there just to wait. We wait for income tax returns. We wait for checks. We wait for summer. We wait for Christmas. We wait for vacation. We wait for rain. And then when it does rain, we wait for it to stop raining, right? We wait for traffic and computers and the printer. Larry and I waited for the printer this morning, didn't we? You know, Larry's a great, great waiter. He he waits a lot better than I do, you know? I mean, yeah, the, the printer didn't work, and he he was just sitting in there looking at it, you know? And I can tell he's just thinking. He's kind of processing, you know? And I go immediately for the kill switch, you know? I just try to figure out the problem. I just shut it down and turn it back on. I mean, that... that Because I have a hard time waiting, okay? But we have to wait. We have to wait on people. And as believers, we have to learn to wait on the Lord. You know why? Because when we're ready for God to move, when we're ready for some blessing, when we're ready for some reward, when we're ready for some promise, but God isn't ready to give it yet, you know what our choice is? We have a couple and we'll talk about them. But the best choice is to wait, okay? That's the best choice. Uh, Hopefully you're waiting on God on some things in your life. Uh, It would be sad if you weren't, okay? Because if you're not waiting on God on anything right now, what that means is you probably haven't asked Him for anything. I would say that if, if you're not waiting on God for anything right now, your prayer life is probably deficient, okay? Uh, if you've got everything that you've asked God for, then you have not asked him for very much. Amen. Is that fair to say Is that or you're just a better prayer than I? And please see me after the service. I have a list for you. OK, if, if you're not waiting on anything. All right. Yeah, but but probably you, you're not you're not praying as you ought to. Probably you you've not prayed for people's salvation that you need to be praying for. Probably you've not prayed for provision. you have not prayed for this church. you have not prayed for things that we need here at Lincoln Avenue. You've not prayed for for the unity of this body. You've not prayed for the sanctification of this body. You've not prayed for leaders to be raised up out of our student ministry and out of our children's ministry. You've not prayed for some of the people that have gone astray in, in the body of Christ right here at Lincoln Avenue. There's things that we need to be praying for right now. And if you're praying for those things, you're probably in the process of of, of waiting. You know, maybe praying for healing or a changed heart. All those things demand, demand waiting. Even things in your personal life, praying for a problem to be resolved or a relationship to be reconciled or a prodigal to come home or for a need or for an opportunity or for a spouse. Abraham and Sarah waited for 25 years for a son, Moses waited 40 years out in the wilderness. David waited to be king over Israel, for Saul to, to, to pass away. The apostles waited at Pentecost. Paul waited in prison. The church waits for Christ to return. There's so much in the Christian life that's about waiting, okay? Now, we have to wait for things in this world for a couple of different reasons. Number one, because there are limitations to what can be done for us, Right? You can only cook a hamburger so fast, and it still be edible, right? That's true. Uh, and so, so because of that, you have to wait. You can. It takes a couple minutes to get through Sonic Drive, even though Sonic means fast. Peg, it still takes a couple minutes for you to take your order, then to get it in a sack and get it to you. I mean, it. Just, there's just certain limitations. It can only go so fast. Your computer can only go so fast, you know. And, and really, it wouldn't matter because we would always be waiting to some degree, wouldn't we? I mean, you guys remember the days when you had to, you know, you you, you clicked on and went... You know, made all those noises and dialed. Some of you don't remember that, probably. You know, and and then it, you know, finally it came on, and a little thing popped on the screen. You were so excited because that meant only three minutes more. You know, and and then it finally came up, and you know, uh, these these fancy guys in the office, everybody but me has a Mac. They just turn theirs on. You know, it's on. You know, Macs or. But even then, sometimes we, we 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 get tired of waiting. Okay, we, we the, the, there's only so much that our roads can handle, so much traffic, so many cars that can drive on them. So doctors can only see so many patients at a time he doc can only go so fast you know don't don't be discouraged in the waiting room you really don't want him coming in taking one look at you and saying here do this go you know i mean you'd like for him to take some time with you right there's limitations on us on roads on technology that just demand that we wait another reason that we have to wait in this world is because of low commitment level right you know what Walgreens will not stay open all night just in case I need to come with a prescription. They won't do that. Uh, they, and it's it's low commitment is what it is. You know, they 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 don't value me enough. They don't value my family enough. They don't value my customer, you know, my giving them their money enough to work all night long just in case I need to come in. You know, they shut down at 9 or 8:30 or whatever it is. You know, because their commitment to me is only so much and I if I were in their spot, I'd be probably the same way. Okay? Those two reasons have nothing to do with why God wait makes us wait. Does that make sense? Don't think about that. God's not limited. Okay? God's not limited. So when God makes you wait, it's not that God says, look, I can only handle so many things. I'm working on the Martins right now. I'll get to you in a minute, you know? I mean, that's not, that's not why God makes us wait. Uh, he's not limited. He has no limit to his strength, his power, his creativity, his, his, his moving in our life. There's no limit there. It's not that God has low commitment level. It's not that God says, you know what, I just don't want to deal with you right now. You know, I'm not that committed to you. I've got other things I want. That that, that has nothing to do with why we wait on God, okay? Think about this. We wait on God because God's timing is perfect. You get that? That's why we wait on God. We wait on God because when He brings the blessing, when He brings the answer to the prayer, when He brings the movement of the Spirit in our lives... That's the best time rather than when we want it to happen, okay? God's timing is perfect. And so when God delays, it is for a good and a profitable reason. I like Psalm 8411. It says this, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Did you hear that? No good thing. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. That means if God has not given it, then there's a good reason why He's not given it. God is intentional about when He brings the blessings, when He brings the reward, when He moves in our lives. Okay? So sometimes, let, let's back up. Sometimes God is ready to give, but we don't have faith to receive. That, okay, that's a possibility as well. We shouldn't put all the timing on God because God God has a specific time. But there's times where we're we're not wanting what He has to give. I, do, you, do you believe that ever happens? you believe that there's times where, where God, God desires to move in someone's life? Or in a church or in a community, but we don't want it. You know, we don't want it yet. We're not positioned ourselves. We haven't prayed. We're not hungry for it. You know, God's got to move in us and the Holy Spirit to get us ready to believe. I I, I think that happens sometimes. But if we're ready and believing, then we got to trust that there's a purpose to God's timing. Now, what might that purpose be? Let me give you a couple. Number one, waiting builds trust and faith. Okay? I want you to notice that over the 25 years, That that, that God did not give Abraham a son. And I intentionally read these passages to you. God continually gave him his word. Did you see that? He didn't just appear to him in Genesis 12. Giving the promises and then not show up until Isaac's born in Genesis 22. That wasn't what God did. He showed up in Genesis 13. And he renewed the promise. He showed up in Genesis 15 and he renewed the promise. He showed up in 16 and he renewed the promise. He showed up in 17 and he renewed the promise. He showed up in 18 and he renewed the promise. 19 is about Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, he shows up in 21. Yeah, I mean, God continually comes to Abraham and gives him the word of God. So he's not giving him a son yet, but you know what he's doing? He's giving him the word of God. He is teaching Abraham to value the word of God, to value fellowship with him, to find strength in trusting the character of God. And so as you wait, that's a great model, isn't it? As you wait, what should you be feeding your soul with? The word of God. Isn't that that what you should be doing? I mean, that's that's what he did for Abraham. You know, while Abraham waits to keep him sustained, to keep him strong, to keep him a man of faith, what's he do? He keeps giving him revelation. He keeps giving him the word of God. Man, I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to look in a minute what, what the dangers of waiting are and how some, people, how some people just fall off. They give up. You know why they give up? Because one of the reasons is because they're not feeding on the word of God. Abraham had a continual diet of valuing the word of God. Okay, Waiting learn, helps us learn submission as well. Helps us learn trust, trust God, faith in God. It also helps us learn Submission. You know, we by nature say, God, I want it my way. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just the way we are, right? I think it ought to be this way. I think my life ought to be this way. I think it ought to run this way. I think, God, you ought to do this for me and you ought to make it this way for me and you ought to remove these things that are hard out of my life. And when God withholds some of those things from us, it teaches us to say, okay, God, maybe I don't know everything. Is that possible? That I don't know everything, and that that, that my timing's not best, and my speed is not right, and and I don't see everything clearly. And maybe there's a purpose why God has withheld that for a while. I mean, that's possible, isn't it? And waiting teaches us to submit ourselves under the hand of God. I think waiting also teaches us to honor God. Man, it's a a glorifying thing for us to say, man, God, I'm going to stay right here. I'm gonna stay right here with my hands open. That's kind of the way I picture waiting. It's kind of this 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 right here, you know. I mean, that 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 honors him, doesn't it? I mean, for us to be standing right there, you know, waiting on him, saying, God, I'm not going anywhere else. What I want is you. That, that that's a God honoring thing. Okay. There are a couple things, though, that we gotta guard against while we wait for God to answer our prayers. Um, number one. We need to guard against getting discouraged and giving up when God doesn't answer. Okay? Chapter 15, notice what happens here. Abraham gets discouraged. We just read this passage. Verse 2, Abraham says, O oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless in the heir of my house, is Eliezer of Damascus. Verse 3, And Abraham said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. Well, he's talking awful definite there, isn't he? What's he say, man? My servant's going to be my heir. He has given up. He said, well, it's over. You know, I'm childless. I'm older than I was when you first appeared. It was a long shot at 75, but man, it's it's over now. And I guess I guess Eliezer's going to be my heir. He gave up. Not completely, because what happens? God comes in and gives him the word. It, it fuels his faith back up, okay? Got, got to have the word, a steady diet of the word. You find yourself giving up when prayer. Anybody ever find yourself doing that? All of a sudden, you think about, you know what, I haven't prayed for that in a long time. Why, why, didn't you, why haven't you prayed for that in a long time? Probably because you gave up. How come you gave up? Probably because you needed the word of God, okay? You, you, need, you needed to be refueled. Your hope needed to be strengthened again by, by, the, by the word of God. Listen to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6. If you're into memorizing verses, maybe you got an iPhone and you're going to get verse by heart app on there and you're, you're going to start memorizing all kinds of verses. That'd be a great thing to do. Uh, if you don't have an iPhone, if you just open up your Bible and you'll just actually just like read and you know, and then you can take it with you or you could type it out or write it or lots of ways. Verse 11. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. OK, here's the verse you ought to memorize. So that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. How do you get the promises of God? Two things there. Faith and what? Patience. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. Abraham trusted God, but what did he also need? Man, he needed that hanging in there, didn't he? Day after day after day. Being patient and okay, God, I'm looking to you. I'm still looking to you. Oh, God, my, my, my face is getting weak, getting weak, getting weak. God gives him the word. Okay, I believe, I believe. I'm trusting you. Number one, guard against getting discouraged. Number two, guard against taking matters into your own hands. Okay? Look at Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant. Remember where she picked them up at? Probably we talked about that. Probably their little uh, jaunt into Egypt, right? Her name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abraham, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. Abraham had not had any marriage ca- classes, and he did not know that sometimes what your wife says she does not really mean, okay? And guys, let me just tell you, this is always a bad idea. I'm always ready for this one. If, if my wife ever tells me I need to get some young foreign gal, you know, and, and start another family, I'm going to know this is a bad idea because I've read Genesis 16. So th- this is never good. So after Abraham lived then 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abraham, her husband, his wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarah said to Abraham, I love this. Now he's in trouble. May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. Verse 6, But Abraham said to Sarah, Behold, your servants in your power, do to your as you please. And Sarah dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. If there was ever a bad idea, this was it, okay? There's a lot of this in Genesis, isn't there? I mean, just what, what were you thinking? Horrible idea. Uh, what are they doing? Well, basically, they're, they're, they're desperate. They're thinking, okay, God hasn't given us children, you know. Uh, he said, Eliezer of Damascus wasn't going to maybe Abraham, God is saying that you're going to have a child, but just not through me. And so, Hey, here's my servant. I'll give her to you as a wife. And then she'll get pregnant. She'll have a baby. And then maybe, you know, that'll be like my baby. Too and our baby, okay. So that that's kind of the plan. It is disastrous, okay. It is a disastrous plan. It creates horrible strife within the family for the rest of Abraham's life, okay. And really, to this day, uh, we're still suffering from this bad plan of Abraham and Sarah. But but here's the point: they don't they don't wait on God. I mean, they're they're getting frustrated, they're getting discouraged, and so they take matters in their own hands. Have you ever done this? You know, you're praying. You know, hopefully not the, the whole Egyptian-made thing. But, you know, you're you're praying for something, and, you, and you're waiting, and God doesn't bring it. And so you think, well, I'm going to go ahead and take it in my own hands. People do this with finances all the time. You know, it's like, hey, God, we need a car. Uh, will you provide? You know, and they wait 10 minutes. And when the money doesn't come from the sky, they go straight to the lending agency, and they get themselves into debt that they can't pay back, and they bind themselves as a slave. Okay? Now, now what, what, what did we do there? Maybe... maybe Maybe God I, I doubt it, but doesn't God usually just say, Hey, just just trust me on this. Just just wait on me. Just seek me. I'll open up a door. I'll I'll open up a deal. You know, but many times we don't do that. We just go ahead and take the matter into our own hands and we do what we know God doesn't want us to do. I'm not saying the borrowing is always wrong. It's not. Sometimes it's okay depending on your your financial situation. But I think we've seen this abundantly. I've I've been tempted to it in my own life, to take matters in our own hand instead of waiting on God over and over again we see this is a bad idea in the scriptures first Samuel 13 you don't have to turn there but it's another another time where, where uh, Saul uh, Saul is, is waiting for Samuel Samuel's going to come offer the sacrifice he waits a couple of days uh, the people are saying hey we got to go we got to go into battle the battle's going to come and so he's like well he's not coming so he goes ahead and does the sacrifice himself he didn't wait Samuel shows up right afterward and it's the beginning of the end for Saul not waiting on God taking matters into your own hands is a bad idea idea. Now what does this look like? What does this waiting on God look like? It's so all through the Bible. Here's a great verse, Isaiah 4031. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. What what does that look like, okay? Number one, it doesn't mean we don't do anything. Okay? A lot of times, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of what we got in our mind. Why? Because when you, go, when you go to the doctor's office and you go to the waiting room or you go to the hospital and you go to the waiting room or you go, you go wherever you go, you go to the, the DMV and you wait there in the chairs. You know what you do when you wait? You don't do anything, right? That's the, the point. You're, you're not doing anything until they tell you, okay, now it's time, all right? That's not the case with God. Wait, waiting on God doesn't mean you don't do anything. Waiting on God means you continually, relentlessly, earnestly look to God. Follow God, stay close to God, receive the word of God. Man, Haven, Haven's a great example of this. There are times where Haven wants her mama to do. She wants her mom to get her something, okay? It could be play a game, it could play, it could be get me some food. This happened the other night at the table. Haven wanted some more food, but you know who she wanted to get it? Mom, okay? And I remember Addie jumps up and she said, well, here, I'll get it for you. No, you know, now Addie is just as capable as going of going into the kitchen, getting some green beans and bringing it to her as Emma is. OK, just as capable. It would work just the same. The beans would be the same. OK, but Haven in this particular moment resisted Addie. Nobody else could do it. It could only be mom. OK, actually, that's a great example of what it means to wait on the Lord. It's to come to God and say, OK, God, I'm, I'm coming to you. For this thing, only you can give this. I'm staying close to you. I'm I'm, I'm resisting this other stuff. I'm resisting these other ways. I'm not going to take it in my own hands. God, I'm just coming to you and I'm waiting on you. I'm staying close to you. I'm following you around. Haven will do that. She'll follow him around. She'll even stick on her leg sometimes, you know. And and, and that's a great picture, actually. Not a great thing in the house, but a great thing with God. You know, just to stay close to him. And say, God, I'm, I'm not going anywhere I'm just waiting on you. I'm looking to you. Okay, 25 years. Let's finish this up. It's almost six. Chapter 21, verse 1 through 7. Let's read it. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. At the time of which God had spoken to him, Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. Kind of turned that around, didn't they? And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in this old age. God is faithful. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, we thank you that uh, we just saw right there, God, in the word of God, that nothing is impossible for you. Uh, there is nothing that you promise, God, that you are not able to deliver. God, help us to learn to wait upon you. God, help us to learn not to be anxious and frustrated and angry and unbelieving, discouraged. God, help us not to take matters into our own hands. But God, help us just to come relentlessly to you. Uh, looking to you, and waiting, Father, for what you have to give. God, we need what you have. Father, we need you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.